You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey friends, I'm here with some exciting news. We all know how life can be difficult. An endless series of little tasks that just pile up on top of each other. You probably find yourself wandering through your day, just wondering how you're gonna get it all done. Thing after thing after thing. Friends, I'm here to tell you that there is a better way. That's right, there's a better way for you to accomplish all those little tasks that you have to do. Get them all done so that you have more time for things that are really important, like pogo stick aerobics. All these tasks can be done simply and easily by you, just by doing it a better way. What's that better way, you ask? I'm glad you asked. You can come find out here at Paradox Church. We're launching a new series on January 3rd called, you guessed it, A Better Way. So join us here in person in the building or join us at ParadoxChurch.com and follow along online at 10 o'clock. Can't wait to see you so we can all learn. Say it with me. That's right. A better way. Morning. All right. Hey, good morning. If you're joining us online as well, uh, my name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Paradox. And as Mike said, Happy New Year. I, I feel like I need a little bit more energy and excitement. It is 2021, y'all. Yes. So, so good to be here with you. So thankful that you are joining us online. And I promise, like, if there's one thing that I, I think that maybe I'm more tired of than anything else coming out of 2020, it's talking about 2020. So today, we're done. Like, I, we are going to go into 2021 excited, expected for everything that God has for us. And we're doing it with this new series called A Better Way. Uh, I don't know if you ever, like, maybe fell asleep um, while watching something better, uh, and then you woke up late at night to the infomercials on TV. Maybe some of you are, are old enough to remember this. You know, like there, there would just be infomercials on, or like after Saturday morning cartoons or something, there would always be these cheesy infomercials that would come on with some dude that had never opened a gallon of milk before, right? And, and it was his first time. You were privy to this. On nat- he volunteered to do this on national TV, and he couldn't do it. Bless his heart. He could not open the gallon of milk, and he'd be like, oh, and the whole thing would explode in, your, in his face, right? And he would say that classic line, there's got to be a better way. And so here, at the end of the, the milk gallon of 2020 that has exploded in all of our faces, that's a little bit what life feels like. It feels like we've been fumbling around, maybe trying to figure things out, trying to get our lives together, trying to change that thing that we've been trying to change forever, and it just keeps on not working. Life still feels out of control. Things still seem very messy, and many of us are walking into 2021 saying there's got to be a better way. Well, there is. There is a better way. It's not an easier way, 
but it is a better way. And over the next few weeks, we are going to be talking about how God changes lives. Anybody interested in God changing lives here this morning? Yes. How God changes lives through everyday choices. Because it's not always fancy. It's just the simple, the consistent, the getting up and going, all right, today's the day. This is the year. We're going after it. There is a better way. And many times, when we talk about this way, Early followers of Jesus were actually referred to as followers of the way. Maybe you've been binging the Mandalorian over the last couple of weeks, and what you hear him say consistently is, this is the way. This is the way. This is the way of life. This is how I do things. This is the code that I follow. Many times as followers of the way, as Christians now, followers of Jesus, we think of our salvation as simply a place, simply a time, something that happens after you die. But I want to tell you this better way is something that happens now, today, here. Salvation is more than a destination. It's a lifestyle. It's a way that we get to walk out, and it's a better way. There's all kinds of ways out there. There's all kinds of ways out there. There's all kinds of ways that you can live your life, philosophies that you can subscribe to. But Jesus actually says in John 10, 10, I came so that you may have life and have it to the full. It's a good life. It's a better way. So many times we think of of following Jesus, these commandments, these rules, these regulations, things that are going to weigh us down, burden us. Not a better way. But 1 John 5, 3 says that his commands are not burdensome. One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible is Matthew 11, where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary, burn out, heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And then he goes on to say in the message version, Walk with me, learn from me. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. In fact, I'll teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. You'll learn to live freely and lightly. And that's what I want to pray for us as we head into this series and a new year together. Would you join me? Father God, thank you so, so much for this year. Thank you for this church. Thank you for sending Jesus not only to die and raise again for us so that we could live forever with you, But God, thank you for sending him to live, to show us this better way. He's the way. He's the truth. He is the life. And so I pray that we would walk with you. Would you come and move here, Holy Spirit? Move in our hearts, God. Move us closer to you. And as we leave our time here together today, would you move our feet to follow you wherever you may lead, Father. I pray against anything that would hold us back, weigh us down, the bad decisions of yesterday, the the weight and the anxiety, the, the, the problems of last year, God. We cast those things off. We lay them aside. We forget what lies behind, and we look forward at what is ahead, that we may claim the prize that is ours in Christ Jesus. This better way, life with you forever starting today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to share a little bit more with, uh, with you about me here today. Um, I, I was very, I was bummed out, all right? 
Uh, is anybody else looking forward to the Olympics over the summer? Oh, okay. Two people were. Was anyone? That's good. Uh, that's fine. I was looking forward to the Olympics. I don't care if the rest of you weren't. I watched that stuff, especially synchronized swimming. All right? Now, you can, you can respect me less. I don't care. Respect for the synchronized swimming. Uh, but, see, as a swimmer myself, uh, not so much anymore, but back in the day, all right, you know, if, hey, if you want to know something hard, there's hard work. You jump in that pool and you're like, oh, this is going to be easy, all right? By the time you get across the pool the first time, you're like, oh my gosh, we're, how long is this thing, okay? It can be tough. I was a swimmer in high school, and I wish that I could say that I always worked really, really hard. Uh, I did not, in fact. Swimmers as a whole, yes, they worked hard, and I was a swimmer, but I was a little bit on the outside of that. I was on the fringe. Um, I, in fact, founded with a few of my friends on the swim team something that we liked to call slacker pride, all right? I was a slacker when it came to, to the swim team and all things swim. Sometimes we would, uh, we would, instead of going back and forth, we would go down to the depths of the pool and have a dance party at the bottom of the pool. I... I know. I'm, so, I'm not doing anything for your view of me here today. That's fine. Uh, but we would go down and we'd have our dance parties. We'd slacker pride. Swimmers, we would wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go and work out. Now, I know it's surprising, but I don't like to work out. All right? As you look at me, we would, I would still show up. I would show up. But instead of jumping on the, you know, I don't know what it's called, like the thing where you do the the weights and stuff. Uh, <laughs> instead of doing that, I thought, well, that looks almost as comfortable as my bed. I'll just sleep there. And so I would often sleep there. When it comes, came time for running, uh, our coach would make the mistake of sending us up around the gym behind the bleachers where there was a storage room. There were awesome gymnastic mats, also good for sleeping. All right? So I knew all the places to swim, but I still wanted to be good. I still wanted to be a good swimmer. And every year at the end of the season, we had this big divisional meet. So we, we, would, we would prepare all season for this. And I remember this time, I, I did the IM, the independent medley, where you do all the strokes. And for one part in particular, there's, I don't know if you've ever noticed, there's these flags over the pool for swimming. Those actually serve a purpose. They're not just for party decorations or anything like that. They serve a purpose because when you're doing the backstroke, you have no idea how close you are to the wall um, and you don't want to you know, smash your face or your, the back of your head on it. So you count. You're looking up and you're like one, two, three, so that you know when to flip over and not bonk your head. All right? So I had been doing this all season. I get it. It's three strokes, whatever. So I instead, as the founding member of Slacker Pride, uh, at the division meet, I was focused on creating cheers for our team. We came up with this awesome one where I would jump, run all around the pool, and I would get in all the other team's faces, and I would get in some sort of weird position and yell, Banzai, and then everybody else would yell, Ford. Uh, I don't know. That's the kinds of things that we did, all right? So I was focused on that, and then the big race came. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing my thing. One, two, three. Well, there are two sets of flags, one on each side of the pool. So today, instead of swimming across the pool and flipping over at the appropriate time, I didn't put in the work, and I flipped over more than halfway 
out into the pool. And I can't, you know, now once you do that, you can't just flip over. That, that's a whole other stroke, all right? That'd be like some sort of tornado stroke. So once you flip, you flipped. So I start kicking like I've never kicked before. Well, I, I used to like the social kick where you get the kickboard and you just kind of talk with your friends. This was no social kick. I was going after it. And I, here's the crazy thing. I still that day got my very best time ever. <laughs> I'm not saying it now. I'm not sure what that says about me uh, and all of those other times. I got my very best time that time. But now, 20-some years later, I still think about that day. And I wonder what might have been. Like, man, how fast could I have gone? How good could I have been? And the thing was, like, how much could I have helped my team? Like, that would have been so cool. I would have had a medal to show my kids or something. Like, look at that. Dad was awesome. Instead, I just have this story to tell, all right? <laughs> but the thing is, we all want to show up in the moment, especially when it counts the most. We want to show up as people. And for some of us, we're hoping that we want to show up in 2021, that there's all these things, all these ways that maybe we were slackers, maybe we didn't quite make it, maybe we flipped over, maybe we bonked our heads in 2020, and now we want to show up because it's a new year. Some of us have made resolutions. Others have plans. We bought our new planner. It's fresh. Some of us, it's going to stay that way all year long. We want to show up, though, in this new year. We're hoping that maybe even a new, better version of us shows up. I have some maybe surprising, maybe disappointing news for you here today, and I promise you, this is the only church, I'm the only pastor that's going to say this this week, maybe even in the world, I don't know. Lean in, all right? Jesus is not going to change your life in 2021. Have a great week, guys. That might come up as, as a shock to you, but it's true. Jesus is not going to change your life in 2021. Let me say that differently. Jesus is not going to change your life in 2021. Instead, just as the words that I, I, I read from Matthew 11, we are invited to be active participants in the changing of our lives. Only Jesus has the power, the ability to change lives, but we have to step into that. We have to actively participate in that. If we want to show up in 2021, we have to show up today, and we have to show up tomorrow. We have to show up to walk with him. Does Jesus carry us sometimes? Yeah, but it's when we say, I'm in for the journey. I'm in for the destination. If we want to have what it takes Are we willing to do what it takes to get there? So many of us come to church. That's a good step. That's good. But that's a bit like signing up for the gym membership that you never use. I know a lot about this. You show up thinking, all right, I bought the weights. I went on Amazon, you know, day after after New Year. This is the year, and there the weights sit. We, We get the gym membership. And we go once, maybe, 
That's when all, that's when all the, by the way, uh, early January, that's when the people that usually go to the gym don't because all the rest of us are there, like taking up the, the, the things and trying to do it. And it's all right. You know, I got the, my Planet Fitness membership, no judgment zone. I'm excited about that. Uh, so <laughs> this is the year, right? But if we want to have what it takes, then we have to be willing to do what it takes. Now, I'm not up here just preaching some self-improvement stuff. I don't want to say like, no, no, Jesus isn't going to do it. You're just going to do it. You're going to, pr- you're going to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You have what it takes. No, no, none of us. This is, this is what separates a, a church, a pastor, from just some life coach or self-improvement plan. We don't have what it takes. We don't. We can't just say, you know what, I'm going to change my life. We, we can't do that. We won't do that. But what I'm trying to say today is that we play a part in it. And as we go to to Jesus, he is faithful to supply everything that we need. That's what Philippians 4.19 says. God is faithful to supply all of our needs. But what God is faithful to supply, we have to be just as faithful to apply. Some of us have these piles of gift cards sitting at home. Someone gave you a gift But sitting in your drawer, forgotten until the next year rolls around, you're like, oh gosh, is that thing expired? It does nothing. What is given to you, you have to use. What God supplies, we have to apply. We play a part. That's why I say we can't just show up like we're at a gym going, all right, I'm at church. I'm pretty sure my life's going to start changing. I'm pretty sure some things are going to start getting better. It doesn't work like that. Just like you don't get fit by getting a gym membership. We play a part in that. Some of us, though, we're we're like, man, I don't even know if I have the desire. If you're here today, if you're watching today, you didn't conjure up that desire on your own. God was faithful to call you. Maybe you feel like you were dragged here. I've got news for you. It wasn't by the person that you think. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is drawing you. He's giving you the desire. He's faithful to supply Are we just as faithful to apply it? Because we had to do something. In order to get here today, you had to wake up like many people did not on a Sunday after the new year where you still have a food coma going on, still carrying a little holiday weight. On top of that, it was snowing. I'm not going to lie. Woke up early this morning. I was a little tired. And then you walk out and there's snow and you're reminded you live in Michigan, right? Like, well, I was going to be on time. Not anymore. God has given you the desire and and he's even enabled some of us to, all of us, I mean, you're here, to take the step. And maybe it's even drudgery. That's okay. He's given you faithfully what you need to take the steps, but you had to take them. I I mean, I don't know. Unless there's somebody here that was transported. You had to take it. You had to go, all right, God, you woke me up. You gave me a day. I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to be here. But in order to continue to grow, in order to continue to take steps in our walk with him, we have to go through these things called disciplines. It takes discipline to get through the drudgery to a place of delight. Where I mean, I, I can't imagine this, but I have heard t- stories of people saying that they actually enjoy things like working out. They actually miss running when they don't do it. I've never experienced this, but I imagine that it goes through this road called discipline in order to get to a place where, where it is delightful. 
You enjoy it, and you start to see the results. The same thing that is true of our physical bodies is true for our spiritual selves. What God is faithful to supply, we need to be faithful to apply. I brought this workout stuff because a lot of us approach our spirit. Oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> um, a lot of us approach our spiritual lives this way, like, the, like we approach the gym. We're, we, we, got, we got the stuff. And we just leave it there. We got the membership, but we don't go. Or maybe we pick it up and we're like, oh, gee, I thought Jesus was supposed to be cool. You know, that's not cool, Jesus. My life is still tough. Or maybe we start one. We do, we do one good workout. We try out this Jesus thing. And the next day, we're a little sore. Or the next day, something better comes along, a better way. So we think. And we decide to do that instead. Some of us, we just want to do, like, we're like, all right, spirituality, Jesus, I'm going to change my life, right? I'm going to take the big one. And we do one, and we're like, yeah, 2021, next, did it. You know, like, no, no, no. There's a certain degree of consistency, a certain degree of discipline that has to happen. We can't just do one squat, one bench press, and say, I did it. I did my part here. So what are these things called spiritual disciplines uh, that are actually the pathway for how God changes lives? I'm just going to give you a few basic definitions here today. Spiritual disciplines are how God changes lives through everyday choices. Said another way, spiritual disciplines are practices that deepen our relationship with God. I want to say this, uh, especially for any of the, like, the ones that, the, I don't know if this is the type A personality, like you love the plan, you got the planner joke, you know? Like you, you've got your planner, you love to make the plan, you've got all your goals, they're, 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 they're separated out, they spell things and everything. Spiritual disciplines aren't just about the process. It can be easy to mistake, like, oh, I'm going to get my whole life together. No, no, it's about encountering a person through the process. And we need both. We need to say, no, this is, this is a spiritual, meaning this is about Jesus. It's about encountering a person, not just doing the stuff. But these are also disciplines. I have an active role to play. I need to do something in this. So spiritual refers to a way of being and living that is connected to the Holy Spirit. John 15 is one of my favorite favorites. And and I'm saying that a lot this week. Well, you know, it's true. Uh, In John 15, Jesus talks about this way of being connected to him through the Holy Spirit. And it says, abide in me and I in you. This is the vine and the branches. Maybe you've heard this before. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Abide is fancy spiritual language for staying connected. This is talking about bearing fruit. Many of us would say that the purpose of a vine is to bear fruit, and our purpose in the world is to bear fruit. Not so. Your purpose, my purpose, is to stay connected to a person, the vine. And when we do, we bear fruit. It's what healthy people, healthy things, growing things do. When you connect with the person of Jesus, supplies all of our needs. It gives us everything that we need to grow, to be healthy, to bear fruit, change. And the evidence of that is the fruit. That takes a participation on our part called a discipline. And a discipline refers to an intentional, active pattern of behavior 
in pursuit of God's presence. We're saying to, to God, I want to connect with you. I want to, as Galatians 5 says, walk in step with you. I don't want you to drag me around, Jesus. No, I'm willing. I'm going. I'm walking with you. I'm participating, and I'm going to take this so seriously that I'm willing to put it on my calendar. Some of us just think, that, well, hey, I, I believe in God. Therefore, God will change my life. No, we have to make some plans. These things don't happen by accident. We have to say, hey, it's not enough for me to say I want to spend time with you. When am I going to do that? What's it going to look like? That's the discipline part, the intentional, which means you meant to do it. You meant to grow in your relationship with God, and that's what you did as a result. Active participation, patterns of behavior. I said this before, it's not just doing something once. A pattern of behavior is something that we do consistently, repetitiously, over and over again, even when we don't feel like it, even when it doesn't look like it's producing the result that we thought it might or when we thought it might, we keep on going. Patterns of behavior in pursuit of God's presence in our lives. In so many ways, this is like a sail. If you've ever sailed before, the sail does not make the boat go. The wind moves the boat. But this is us putting up our sail and going, all right, God, I want movement I want life change. I want transformation. Do something in me. My sail is up. I'm pursuing your presence. I want to be connected with you. And that's exactly the kind of thing that the Holy Spirit can just blow like a wind and bring movement into. First Timothy actually describes this whole thing as kind of like training, working out. And in First, first Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, it says this, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. All the different ways that are presented to us in the world don't have anything to do with them. Rather, train yourself for godliness. Train yourself in the way of Jesus. Train yourself to be more like him, to grow in your relationship with him. Train yourself for that. For while bodily, goes on in verse 8, for while bodily training is of some value, I like muscles, I respect them. Muscles are good, they're helpful. We like these things. But while bodily training has some value, godliness is of value in every way. We recognize the value of working out our bodies. How many of us recognize the value in working out our souls? We have to train ourselves in this because it, is, it has value in every way. It holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Bod bodily training, present life only. Spiritual training has benefits now and forever. Both and. I like both and. I like to have it all. That's what spiritual training, these what spiritual disciplines can give us. All right, so... How do you train? Well, I don't know a whole lot about training, as already described to you. Uh, and I have many, many tips, not created by me, but I thought, you know who I need to, to reach out to? I need to reach out to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about for how we can train. So I reached out to Heather, who was up on our stage uh, today. She's brand new uh, up here on the worship stage, uh, doing a great job. Yeah, Heather, thank you for the way that you are serving. But you may not know this about her. She has done some bodybuilding. She's a bit like Xena, the warrior princess, uh, because she's done some bodybuilding competitions, and she's won some swords, all right? 
She's once, that's, yeah, in the bodybuilding world, you don't get a trophy, you get a sword, all right, which I think I just inspired many, many of you to get into this. That is part of the reason that she got into this. She wanted to win the swords. She has five or six, so many that she doesn't even know how many she has. Uh, So she's done the bodybuilding. She knows a thing or two about training, and I said, hey, Heather, what are some things, some tips for guys like me uh, about how we can train how we could discipline ourselves in 2021. And this is what she said. She said, here's the first one. Uh, you have to have a goal. You have to have a goal. Now, her goal was she wanted to compete. She wanted to, uh, you know, like win, win, a, win a sword of, of some sort. But the Bible actually says this as well. In Proverbs 29, 18, it says, without vision, people perish. Other translations say they cast off restraint. There's no direction. If you don't have a vision of where you're going, anywhere will get you there. Or you won't go anywhere at all. We need a vision. We need to know this is where I'm going. This is what I want to happen. As I approach 40 now, I'm, and, and into the, the 20s, right? We're 20, 2020, 20, 2021. 20, We're looking ahead at not just this year. I'm looking ahead at the next decade. What is my life going to look like? What will I have accomplished? What will I have done as I approach 50? As my kids approach 19, 17, 15, and the next phases of their life, what do I want them to see and know now that will carry them into their next decade? If I don't start there, I'm likely not going to do the things that are required to get there now. We have to live with a vision if we're going to go anywhere. 1 Peter 1, verse 22 to 25 says, Having purified your souls by the obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls But the word of the Lord remains forever. Why did I read that? Because especially as we walk into a new year, many of us have created, we have ideas in our head. We have plans that we've made, strategies, things that we want to accomplish. And much like those things will wither and fade away and not last, some of us not last until the end of the week. The word of the Lord remains forever. What I want to challenge each one of us to do today is to engage in the spiritual discipline of prayer on a regular basis, maybe starting today for the first time. As we pray, though, what we're saying is, I want to hear from you, God. I need a word from you. Will you speak? Prayer can be listening, too. In fact, that's where the best praying happens, is when we start to listen for God's word. Because when God speaks, ever since the beginning of time, he spoke a word and he brought life into existence. Imagine what a word can do for your soul, for your life. We make our plans, and so few of them pan out. We're unable to do it on our own. I want to, like Jesus, only do the things that I see the Father doing. God, what are you speaking? Because I know when you speak and I listen, that's going to bring life. That's what's going to bring the change. But we can't know that unless we engage in this discipline of prayer. Here was the second thing, though. We get, we get vision from God, from his word. We don't li- live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. We also need a coach. We need a coach. And in John 15, I already gave you a little bit of a hint into who that coach is. We stay connected 
not on social media. We don't go to YouTube. No, we stay connected to the Holy Spirit. That's our coach. Jesus himself wants to coach us, guide us. The Holy Spirit is referred to as a a guide. He will guide you into all truth. He will show you the ways. Luke 6, 46, Jesus actually says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Why don't you do what I tell you? Lord, Lord is like master, teacher. If you were to go and say, hey, I want some, some personal training at the gym, but you didn't do anything from your, that your trainer said, he would probably say, why, why do you call me your trainer and you don't do the things that I tell you? Jesus is saying the same thing. You need a, if, if you're signing up for the way, you need a coach, and you're going to actually say, okay, I know it's hard right now. I know I don't want to do this, but Jesus, you said it's better to forgive, so I'm going to forgive. Jesus, you said it's better to wake up. I'm going to wake up. Jesus, you said it's better to give than to receive, so I'm going to give. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You're the boss. You're the master. That's what it means to have a coach. What is the discipline of this? The discipline of this is obedience. Yes, this is, we can intentionally obey Jesus in all things. So many of us say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. I would do it if he would just tell me, he has told you, oh man, what is good. This goes back to Deuteronomy. And all throughout this, it's like if you're interested in the word of the Lord, you want to get a word from God, there's a lot of them in here. There's a lot of them to choose from. And the beautiful thing about this is he, he said everyone. Every single one. You can go here, you will hear from God, and then I want to challenge you, what would it look like for you to not just hear, but then to apply something, to obey something, to have an action point every single day? Not just read your devotion in the morning. That's good. You got the weights. But what if you did something with them? What if you picked it up and went, all right, read about forgiveness this morning. Jesus, do I need to forgive anyone? Muscle. Spiritual muscle happening, spiritual training. That's what an action step, the discipline of obedience, can actually bring. I'm flying because, and listen, if we go a little over today, don't blame me. Blame Heather. She gave me 10 tips. They're good tips, all right? So you can get mad at her later on. Um, but we are going to go through them really, really quickly. And I want to say, we've, I've started writing some things um, throughout the week as well. One of the reasons why we ask for your email address is that I like to send these things out so that people can read them. So uh, a lot of times there will be like further thoughts, practical application steps, uh, tools and resources that I, that I referenced for you in there. Uh, all you have to do is fill out that Connect card online or um, on, on the little paper thing and fill that out. You'll get onto our email list if I don't hit stuff this morning. I'll hit it in there later on. But... Um, I said there was a lot of them. So have a goal. Get a coach. And then here's, here's the third one. Have a proper diet. We need the proper diet. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17 uh, says this. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. Just as your body needs to be equipped to do the work, food is fuel. It gives, it, it gives you what your body needs to grow, to form muscle, to perform the tasks that you want to perform, that you need to perform. The word of God is like fuel. It's like food for our souls. We have to feed it. It's how many of us are spiritually starving 
but we want to run spiritual marathons. Have you been equipped for every good work? Are we in this? I, I think this is a hard thing for, for a lot of people because many of us don't know what to read. We, we open it up and we're like, ah, gosh, I don't know. That's why we're starting a new thing. I'm going to send out that link. In the newsletter that I, I refer to, we have new plans. It's called He Reads Truth and She Reads Truth. This does not come free. In fact, you would have to pay for this, but we believe in it so much. We want to see people connected in the Word of God this year. And so if you say, hey, I want in to this, this church-wide reading plan this year, um, it's, it changes all the time. And it actually go along with the messages that I'm preaching here on Sunday morning. So it'll be a great way for us to be in Scripture together. You should be able to talk, you know, say, hey, Dave, how about that reading this morning? You know, you try to catch me on a bad day or something like that. Ah, you don't know what I'm talking about. Something like that. You know what I mean? It's all right. You can laugh in church. Uh, or maybe I should just be funny. Uh, <laughs> and then you will laugh. All right? So we need to commit to the discipline of studying the Bible. That's why we're rolling out this He Reads Truth and She Reads Truth uh, plan. Here's the next one. We already refer to it. Stay consistent. This isn't a one-time thing, right? Man, I'm just going to get all my Bible study in one day. I'm just going to read the whole Bible today, and then I'll be done, right? No, no, no. This is a consistent practice. Luke 9, 23 says, this is Jesus. He says, if anyone would come after me, if you want to follow me the way, then you have to deny yourself and take up your cross. So it's not always comfortable. It takes some work. Oh, but it says take up your cross on Sunday. No, no, no. Take up your cross when you start. No, it says take up your cross daily and follow me. This is a consistent rhythm, a consistent pattern. We every day say, all right, I want to follow you today, Jesus. Where are you going? What are you saying? What are you doing? What do you have for me? Daily. We have to be consistent. In Acts 2.42, the, the earliest church does this. Every single day, they're meeting together. It's, it's not like they're doing church every day. They do the church thing, but then they also eat meals together. They hang out together. They have Bible study together. They meet in these things called small group together. It is a discipline of rhythms. So I just want to encourage you, what do your rhythms look like? What are the things that you do consistently? Because if I looked at the things that you do consistently today, I can tell you where you're going. I could tell you what you're going to do or not do in the future. We make the decision today, and that affects where we're going in the future. Have a time with God. We have these little cards called 30 by 30 Challenge. It's working up to 30 minutes a day with God over the next 30 days. Maybe that's a great place for you to start. Others, it is the consistent rhythm of coming here, being a part of church. This weekly thing where you go, all right, realign, realign. I'm going to start over. I'm going to be here. I'm going I'm to train my soul to be consistent. Consistency in America oftentimes looks like once a month or less. I'm going to tell you, anything you do once a month or less is not that consistent. If you worked out once a month, I don't think that you would see much result. If we're serious about this way, if we want to see God change our lives in meaningful ways, then we have to be consistent. Here's the next one. Don't worry what others think. Don't worry what others think. It's so easy to start looking around like, man, do I look like an idiot? How do I look on this treadmill right now? Does anybody care that I'm only reading, lifting five-pound weight or something? We're actually not called to care what other people think. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world. You're supposed to look weird. You're supposed to live your life differently than other people do. 
So many of us are worried about looking weird when it's actually what we're called to. If you don't like that, well, I mean, th- this is the way, as the Mandalorian would say. This is the way. It's going to look different. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind. By changing the way that you think. That's why this, these disciplines of meditation and memorization are so important. It's taking what you read in, 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 on any given day and going, man, I'm going to think about that today. That really stood out. I'm going to memorize that. Anytime I'm feeling anxious, I'm going to go back to that. Anytime I start to go, oh, man, I must look stupid right now, I'm just going to go back to that. I'm going to go, no, 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 this is true. I need to think about this. That's what, it's a discipline to actually change our mind, but when we change our mind, we can change our life. Have a spotter is the next one. And in Ecclesiastes 4, it says that two are better than one. Two are better than one. So many of us talk about our personal relationship with God. Oh, faith is a very private thing. Yeah, it is personal, but it's not private. Two are better than one. They have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. If I were to pick up something, and man, I'm really going to go for it. I'm going to bench something heavy today. I would want somebody around that can go, hey, it looks like you're struggling. Can I help? You know the times that I actually get to the gym? When I reach out to somebody and they know that I'm supposed to be there. Two are better than one. Because it's easy for me to fall when I'm alone. Some of us are trying to do this spiritual thing all by ourselves. That's why we need the discipline of fellowship. Some of us, 2021 is the year that we need to start in, step into a small group of some sort. We need to get involved in some sort of ministry. You've been coming. You've been sitting. But nobody knows who you are. And nobody would even notice if you were gone. And you might even be upset about that. But I want to tell you, we want to notice. You're here for a reason and you matter and we want to get to know you and we want to help you grow. We got to get to know you. This is the year to go, hey, connect card. I'm interested in getting involved. I'm ready for you to know my name. I'm ready for other people to be involved in my life because that's the only way that my life is going to start to change when I invite other people into it. Last few. We take it one day at a time. James 5 verse 16, it says to confess our sins not just to God but to one another so that we can be healed. This is a discipline of confession. It's about being real and honest and raw about who you are and when you've messed up because God will actually use that to bring healing in your life. Instead of pretending all the time, over the doors of our church, it says, come as you are, no perfect people allowed. We don't want to pretend. We're walking with Jesus. We're headed in a direction and we don't have it all together. We don't have it all figured out and we mess up all the time and God actually uses those mess ups and the grace that we give each other to redirect us and pick each other up and go, come on, we're still going. We're not leaving you behind. It's all right. Take it one day at a time. So many of us, we mess up and we go, oh man, I tried that Jesus thing. I just couldn't do it. I tried the church thing. I couldn't figure it out. No. Confess your say, hey, I'm really struggling. How do you guys do this? How do you do that? And you won't get a perfect answer, but from one struggling person to another, you can say, hey, there's healing as we go through this together. The discipline of confession. And that plays into the next one. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't compare yourself. That doesn't do anything 
for anyone. And we usually compare ourselves to people, people that are better than us because we want to feel like we're better than others. You know what the antidote to that is? Service. It sounds weird, but it's service. This is why Philippians 2 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. You cannot judge who you believe is better than you. You can't judge people and serve them at the same time. You can't try to outdo them. Hope that you look better than them while trying to make them look good. If you find yourself comparing yourself to others, if you find yourself jealous, serve. Do something for someone else. Get involved on a team here. Ask, hey, how can I actually love, serve, pray for, encourage others at church, at my work, whatever it is? You'll find that's an amazing discipline. And then here's the last couple. Take notes and track progress. Lamentations remind us that we have to continually just remind ourselves how far we've come. I, we were going over some questions together as, as a family. It's like one of these little New Year's surveys that you used to post on your MySpace and stuff. You know, We do these questions, and it's so amazing to look back over the years and go, man, Josh and Nora said they wanted to ride a two-wheel bike this year. They did. It's so cool to be able to see that. It brings hope and encouragement to your soul when you go. And, and sometimes it's as simple as having a gratitude journal. Like That's the discipline. Every single morning, I'm going to wake up and go, God, what am I thankful for today? Who are, you're still the same. You're still working. Look at all the things that you've done. And then at the end of the day, I'm going to do it again. God, you were good. You provided. You were there. It's just a gratitude journal. And you can flip through the pages and go, man, I see what I was praying for. I see what I needed. I see how God provided. He's always been there. And then finally, we need to rest. We need to rest. It's not about just constantly driving, constantly striving. No, no, no. Remember, we're participants in this, but it is God's work. Jesus is in the business of changing lives. And he's inviting us to participate in that process. And sometimes participation means letting go and going, hey, this wasn't really about me in the first place. This is your work. And you can do it even when I'm not working. I rest. I want to give myself a day off. I'm going to take a break from all of the worry, from all of the work, from all of the struggle that goes on. Jesus invites us to follow him because, remember in Matthew 11, it says, come and follow me if you are weary, if you are heavy laden, if you are burdened, and I will give you rest. He won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. It won't be burdensome to follow him. Actually, it'll feel a lot like rest. Sure, you're going to have to make a decision. Sure, there's going to be days when you don't want to. Sure, you're going to have to work hard. But this way is a better way. He offers life and life to the full and rest for our weary souls as we take these steps. The first ones are the hardest, but there is rest in following him as we build our lives around him. Would you pray with me as we worship together? Father God, we come to you. Our souls are weary. We're burdened. We're heavy laden, God. We've built our lives on so many other ways, so many other philosophies, so many other things that we've gone after, God, but only when we build our life on you, as we wait on you, God, do we find real life, 
the rest that our souls have been looking for. You alone can change lives. Father, we come to you looking for it, desperate for it. We need you. God, would you just move in our hearts today as we build our lives on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.